is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. <laughs> what? Yes, I am wow. a rapper. So, um, rest oh. in peace to Meek Mill. I am now Stanley Phil. <laughs> um, and I'm rapping. Okay. Like, you know, rapping. Speaking of rapping, I actually heard Dr. Dre's new album came out as part and parcel of the movie. I heard it's really good, too. So, we keep waiting for this album, and apparently it's out, and we don't even know it. But it's ghostwritten. Like, I wonder who wrote the album for yeah. him. Speaking of writing things. All right, guys. So, good morning. <laughs> Welcome to Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on... W-H-C-R. 90.3 FM. The voice of Harlem. Of Harlem. Yes. Harlem, um, <laughs> thank you for the, the sound effects. That's how that, the, the, um, the station ad does it. The voice I think they Harlem, do it a little Harlem, better, Harlem, so maybe we should Harlem. just stick to the, the I think promos. you're being judgmental, and I don't like that. I probably am being judgmental, guys. Well, we're back. It's been one whole week, um, but I'm here. Jackie's back. Hey. And as you know, Stanley's back. Guys. And Alyssa. Everyone sounds so tired. Wake up. You're the only one who went to sleep at 4 o'clock in the morning. I went went to to bed at like... I was like... I fell asleep on the subway. Mm. I hold my parents. But I had people with me that knew me, thankfully. But I went to the Queen's International Night Market last night in Flushing and ate so much food and like passed out like a pure glutton. (laughs) So I'm a little... I'm like in a food coma still. Yeah, I went to bed at 4.30. You know how I know I'm old now? Like I'm not about taking the train at a certain time of night. (laughs) Yeah, take your cab. Like I'm hopping on a cab. I took the train last week because I was in Mount Vernon Mm. and it was like 3 in the morning and I'm like, what am I doing here? Westchester? 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 Westchester. No, I actually went to bed early last night but I was up in Duchess and I was kayaking all day so I was just totally beat because we were like laying out in the sun and exerting physical uh, energy that in order to down. push a kayak in the Hudson River. That so I was like 1130. I'm fine. done. I'm going <laughs> yeah. back. Out of it. Night, night. <laughs> All right, guys. Just in case you didn't catch on, my name is Selena Hill. Um, on Twitter and Instagram, it's Miss Selena Hill, spelled with an MS. And of course, you can follow me on Snapchat where I have the most fun, and it's s.hill2020. But only, mostly just on the weekends because I, I rarely snap during the week, but I'm like, I'll share everything. You on can the also, weekend. you know, you can read her interview at Scatter Radio. Oh yeah, yeah definitely, oh, yes, definitely. Yes, yes. We're gonna talk about Scatter Radio as soon as we introduce ourselves, and then we'll talk about ScatterRadio.com. All right, that was weird. So this is Stanley, your favorite engineer on the PC ones and twos. I went on a mini bike tour yesterday, so I rode to Astoria and ran into a horrible person. But thankfully, I didn't Me. let that ruin my day. Oh, <laughs> hey, Jackie, I didn't yeah. see you there. Okay, I was like, did you guys go on a picnic together? Yeah, Stanley and I. And I went there, ate their food had and left. Yeah, yeah, Stanley showed up, ate all our food. There's a ballet going on in the park. It was very... I felt smarter I was drunk. until Stanley showed up, and then I felt did you a just lot dumber. St- did you just leave when the cops came, Stanley? Yeah, <laughs> oh. yeah pretty much. I got pulled over yesterday, too, on my bike. <gasps> did you really? Yeah, because the cop thought I stole my bike. Stop it. No, seriously. Stop. What? Sort of in his defense, like I think I rode past just as a bunch of guys were stealing bikes from these people at brunch because I saw them hop on bikes and go, Flatbush! <laughs> Flatbush. Stop like, it. No, that I'm did serious. not happen. That they, did not happen. So they basically just blew their cover by screaming Flatbush. No, Criminals seriously. are not always the brightest criminals in the box. And, and like 10 minutes after that, the cop pulled me over. He goes, like, some people just reported bike stolen. Where did you get this bike from? I'm like, I'm coming from Harlem. I can show you the route from my Strava. And he's like, there's no need for that. Like, you know, go ahead about your business. <laughs> But I'm like, oh, maybe they were stealing those bikes. Because at first, I'm like, don't. I'm like, are they stealing bikes? I'm like, Stanley, that's wrong. Like, don't assume the worst. But now, I think. (laughs) 
I think that's exactly what happened. Yikes. But you can follow me on Twitter at Stan Fritz. It's also known as Kelly Kapowski's Bay. Yeah, I saw that this morning. You I can follow like you on, on Strava if you want to bike yeah. along yes. with him. Yes, you want to bike along with me. Also, I just joined a biking crew, so I'll be biking a lot more, which I'm excited about. You can follow me on Snapchat at Darkskin Swindle, which is pretty much just me snapping my bike rides and yeah, complaining he about the hills. Snapchat's wall bike riding, so watch Shut out for that. Stupid face, Jackie, <laughs> loser Cohen. Hey. And um, I, I'm on Instagram straight flexing, but apparently all I post is ratchet stuff on my Instagram, which I don't agree with. Or do I? But yeah, that's how you can follow me, guys. Cool. Anyways, <laughs> after that long, you know, yeah. I have to follow that long introduction. Um, I know, right? <laughs> Um, anyways, I'll try and be brief. My name is Alyssa Fuchs. I'm uh, the legal correspondent slash resident civil rights attorney here. Um, and you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Alyssa Fuchs with an I. Same on Twitter uh, or the Facebook Politically Preposterous fan page, which if you Google Politically Preposterous, you will probably find it. I would imagine so. Uh, Jackie? Yeah, hey, I'm happy to be back. I'm Jackie Cohen. I'm uh, one of the political commentators for the show. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Barack Obama. No, just kidding. <laughs> That's good. At Jackie Cohen, um, J-A-Q-I-C-O-H-E-N. You can also follow me on Instagram and on Snapchat, where I snap pictures of Stanley making stupid faces at a picnic in the park. Best thing ever. Selena, can I um, ask a question? No, you can't. Jackie is a political correspondent. Melissa is a legal correspondent. What am I? Oh, those are stupid correspondent. <laughs> That's actually pretty That's accurate. Right. <laughs> Stanley set himself up for that. But okay, guys, let me just give you some information because Let Your Voice Be Heard is now on Scatter Radio. That's scatterradio.com, one full word. And if you didn't know, Scatter Radio lets anyone everywhere listen, record, chat, and share live broadcasts or MP3s. It's really cool, actually. So I've been checking out a couple times, like for the last two weeks or so, and I'm really into it. And every, everyone, anyone who knows me knows I'm addicted to podcasts. Mm-hmm. But this is cool because it's a little bit more grassroots. I think it's a lot of fun. No, it definitely is. So definitely check us out there at scatterradio.com. And if you are interested in starting your own podcast or anything like that, I would definitely recommend that you go to this network. Um, so speaking of networks, we have a great show lined up. Mm-hmm. We're going to start off the show speaking about, of course, the GOP debate. Dun, 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 dun. How Yay. often does God speak to you? I know. <laughs> that was an and actual it, question. And then someone, I, my friend tweeted, like, are we trying to elect a president or a prophet? Yeah. Like, I was just like, <laughs> no, oh, we're like somebody. doing an episode well, of Celebrity Apprentice, oh, uh, GOP <laughs> version. Yeah. Right? I don't, I don't, well, we're going to talk about the ups and downs, the best, the worst, the zingers, the things that may have made us really angry about that's, the GOP debate, aka Donald Trump's, like, side show. Like, it you was. You were angry. I was. So, I was laughing. I was overjoyed oh, was so and good overdrunk. Yeah, it was entertaining. It was overjoyed and overdrunk. As, oh my god, as usual. so good. Right? There was so much alcohol involved. On <laughs> so good for Democrats. Yeah. So good. And then speaking of Democrats, later on in the show, we're going to talk about the Voting Rights Act, one of the most historic pieces of legislation to pass in America. We're going to talk about it because, of course, the 50th year anniversary just passed, and we're going to talk about you know our voting rights under attack. If you look at modern day voter ID laws. And the answer is yes, and we're going to talk about that. And then later on in the show, Alyssa will be speaking about one of her five million favorite subjects to talk about. Okay, but this probably makes top ten. It's the NYPD, police accountability, and body cams. 
Do you want to brief us 30 seconds? Yeah, so that's correct. Uh, I mean, basically, long of the short of it is there was a big lawsuit back in 2013. Uh, well, it started before that called Floyd. And as part of the set, I'm sorry, they the city lost that lawsuit, right? The police department and the city was found at fault. And so the judge said certain things have to happen now. Changes have to be made. And a body camera program was one of them. So the police department started a pilot program. And now the findings have come out. And now there's going to be some changes that need to be made before all police officers in New York City can be outfitted with cameras. So I'm going to tell you all about that later in the show. It's cool, cool. And guys, if you want to let your voice be heard, remember you can always call us up. The number is 212-650-6903 or you can tweet us at BeHeard underscore radio or you can just watch my Snapchats because on breaks, I will be snapping. We'll be right back. Now watch me, Nene. Anyway, I'm not the only person from Queens here, Stanley. And you're not Stanley. the only person who's whack here either. <laughs> anyway, guys, we are back. That is Stanley just beating us yeah, up. Stanley, who clearly ignored the anti-bullying commercial <laughs> play during break. Exactly. Clearly. He's the biggest, to... bur- biggest bully here. Reminds yeah. me of Donald Trump on the pulpit a little bit. You That's what, what you remind me of. I would of. say something about you, but I'm not that kind of guy. <laughs> Anyway, guys, so we're back on Let Your Voice Be Heard, and we're starting the show talking about the GOP debate. If you have comments, questions, or just want to let your voice be heard on um, your reaction, you can call us up, 212-650-6903. You can tweet us at BeHeard underscore radio, and you can also leave your comments on Politically Preposterous on Facebook. That was really good. Thanks, Dan. I mean, I've only been doing it for like five, six, seven, eight years. This is true. But also, guys, if you love this show, if you want to support us, make sure you go to WHCR.org and give a tax deductible gift. And then, and yes, and then just make sure you gift, not G-I-F, G-I-F-T. That's right. That's right. And And then make sure you put Let Your Voice Be Heard because if you don't. Um, someone else will get credit for it, and then, <laughs> then it doesn't sad. really count, right? Yeah. All right, it guys. Count as a gift anymore. So on Thursday, mo- I don't even know how many people, but it was reported it was to be twenty-four million. Twenty-four million viewers. That which could be wrong. I. That's what I. Heard. It was. It was like no, the it most was, it was viewers. Million. The yeah. most viewers to ever watch a um, primary Republican debate tuned into the primetime primetime hour on fox news i was giddy i couldn't wait stanley was drunk and we were just like so i wasn't with stanley but we were just (laughs) so hyped up to watch the republican debate can i just say that afterwards i went and i got i drunkenly ordered chicken over rice and that's never a good yeah it's not that's always a mistake (laughs) always it was a mistake that morning guys it was (laughs) was good that night (laughs) it's like taco bell I I went to Taco Bell first. It was closed. Oh man, that fascinating! You, that's I'm gonna go to the Taco Bell in Union Square. It's open until four in the morning. Oh, that's legendary. I won't tell you why I know that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So um, the GOP debate. It was the top ten Republican candidates who are doing the best in the polls. And center stage was Donald Trump. Donald Mother loving Trump because oh. he was. I mean, I think he trumped the whole debate. He was so funny. He put Rand Paul in check. He put Megyn Kelly in check. He put, I mean, who, I don't know that he put Megyn Kelly in check. I they think she put him in check. Know. I agree. I, I think, disagree. I think she was the winner of the debate. And well, a lot of people are saying. I kind of well, agree. Well, let me, let me just throw that question out there first because we're talking about the GOP debate. And I want to know who do you guys think 
quote unquote won the debate. And again, if you want to call in, the number is 212 650 6903. That's the first question. Yeah, I think we all lost. All <laughs> America Americans lost. lost the debate. Um, I think, I don't know. You know, I don't think Trump won. I think that he was really, um, he played up his character and he certainly, you know, spoke, you know, freely and didn't use a lot of the, like, you know, he didn't have a lot of the political censorship that his running, you know, opponents had. They but he said things that, well, he said things that just were not true or didn't make sense. Um, but I think Megyn Kelly won the debate. I think that she did a good job of staying. You know, she didn't just let him get away with his his sort of antics and his, I guess, humor. I don't, I don't well, find him. That she didn't funny. let him get away with his antics, but she didn't slap anyone from telling blatant lies on stage. Well, of course not. Them she to? works for Fox no. News, so yes. she can't do that. So I'm not gonna give her props for like not acquiescing to Donald Trump when like she doesn't like hold anybody else in order. Like Fox. Lo- I mean, no she works for you Fox. Know, here's so. the thing. If you really want to talk about who, who like, uh, you know, who won the debate is hard. Who do I think shined? It, it, I think the debate showed that John Kasich is probably yeah. the only electable candidate that the GOP has, yeah. which means he won't get the nomination. Right. Because he was the only person up there that actually made sense. I mean, and he's the only person up there that I think he could actually get some Democrats and those oh, yeah, people, definitely. those moderates in the middle yeah. to vote for him because he's so middle of the road and he's so moderate. And that's really what the Republican party needs right now but that's not essentially what they're going to that's not the leader they need not the one they they want right i i was tweeting john Kasich 2016 but like of course i'm a democrat but no i mean i think that with john Kasich, he did a great job at introducing himself to a broad audience and showing that he's authentic and that he connects to average americans and also the middle class and i think that he spoke from a very sincere place Mm -hmm. even when he gave his his testimony of of his hardships that he overcame um and his you know um when he was growing up and and even now today and some of the policies and reforms that he's pushing and how he's progressed on lgbt LGBT issues, even though he's still a Republican, I was I just fell in love. I fell you know, in love. You know who else had people fall in love like that? With like how nice and well meaning they were, even though like they had their religion and their beliefs. George Bush. Yeah. It was called compassionate conservatism. Yeah. And we saw how that played out. So John Cassett, go ahead, fall in love with how nice he is. He teared up <laughs> talking about his potential gay kid, and then he's going to get elected, and he's going to push forth all kinds of backwards legislation. Yeah. That's what I want to, I guess, ask everyone here is, you know, everyone that I've talked to has been super. I mean, that was like one of the biggest takeaways from the debate was John Kasich was, you know, oh, how great his answers were. But he had the most liberal answers. And the people that I was speaking to are, you know, most of the people that I hang out with are are pretty liberal. So is that, you know, is it sort of like a huntsman thing where it's like, oh, he was so great just because he's the most like us? Or is he a viable candidate? Well, just in case you guys don't know who John Huntsman is, he was a Republican candidate in the 2012 elections and he was the one that the president was the most afraid of before the election because he has Republican ideals but he was pretty moderate when he got into this field everyone was so crazy and so far to the right he didn't even break like like he didn't he didn't get anywhere as far as like polling right. went and couldn't win, win a single primary you know and there's something to be said about that a lot of people don't they don't realize or they don't think about it but like the election at least when it comes to the presidential election is uh you know the goalposts are the field is not that wide uh, you basically have 10 to 12 percent of people in the middle that are that already don't have their minds made up in like five or six swing states and those are the people that decide the election and i was actually just reading a really interesting article um that was about an analysis that's done by moody's moody's has correctly predicted the election every single election year for like over the past 60 or 70 years as as early as this far out and what they 
their prediction after that debate was that the Democrats will win this election, which is really interesting because normally when the Democrats have held the White House for eight years, it usually flips back to the Republicans. And they're saying already this far out, based on their data that they've been collecting, they already think the Democrats are going to win. And they're going to continue to update that prediction every month as it gets closer. If the Republican Party really wants to change that, I feel like the only two people that they could put up there that may be able to change that in the other direction is Bush and Kasich because of the fact that we're only playing in the middle between those 10 and 12 undecided people. And if they don't put one of those candidates up, they're going to have a really, really, really hard time. And especially because the largest growing demographic of voters right now is Hispanics in this country. And with the things that they were saying, a lot oh. of the things that they were saying about immigration, they are not Especially going to get the Hispanic I would, vote. I like, would say it, Rubio. But I think Rubio ha- would have a better chance in the agenda than, than Bush, mostly because with Bush, all you have to do is be like, well, Bush. Well, and, and, I well, don't know well, that that's true, though. Yeah, me either. I, I don't think that that, I mean, we used to live in a time where someone named Clinton you know, running for president would have the same sort of connotation. Like, oh, I would never elect another Clinton. And people who, yeah, I mean, people used to feel a lot differently about Bill Clinton than they do now. And and, and the thing is, just to add on to what uh, Alyssa was saying about when it comes to Hispanic voters and reaching them, Jeb Bush has proved to be the most progressive candidate when it comes to immigration. He has been. Not only did he say, yeah, when it comes to immigration, not only did he say that, you know, on the stage, um, you know, I believe that, People should, undocumented workers should be able to earn a path to legal status. And he said, that's not amnesty. And then Ted Cruz jumped in and was like, I am against amnesty. And even though there are other people on this stage who are for it, I want everyone to know I'm against it. And as we've seen, this is not the type of party and this is not the type of rhetoric that's going to win over a large demographic of voters. And it just sucks that after... uh, Republicans lost in 2012, um, they said that, okay, we're going to reach out, we're going to try different types of, you know, a a different type of agenda, we're going to try a different type of just a message, and they just pretty much flipped it back, and Donald Trump is not helping. I mean, and immigration isn't the only issue you see that with. If you listen to, speaking about Marco Rubio, right, listen to what he said about um, abortions when it comes to women who have been raped or women who are actually at risk of dying because of their pregnancy. Um, But just to about the rape thing for a second. He said that he has never supported exemptions per se. Um, He's supported those legislations even with exemptions because he says they lead to less abortions. But at the same time, he essentially said it doesn't matter whether... Uh, you know, it, I'll use his words, a quote unquote child came into this world or a woman right. became president be, pre, uh, pregnant because of a horrible act that we shouldn't counter that with another horrible act. I mean, let's just break down what he's actually saying. He's saying if a woman gets raped, she should have to carry that pregnancy from the rapist for nine months and then have to have that child for the rest of her life. That's what he was saying. That does not help him with the women demographic. And he is not the only person on the stage that believes that. Extremely, extremely problematic. And, you know, speaking of things that would hurt a candidate in the larger realm. Um, who would you guys, and I'll throw ask the second question, who would you guys think um, hurt themselves the most in, in, in the debate? I don't, or, or maybe damage their image? Chris Christie, I think, actually hurt himself. Why? In the back and forth that he had with um, Rand Paul. With Rand Paul. And at, towards the end of it, he took a low blow and the crowd booed him. I forgot exactly what and the low blow was. And he also lied. He wasn't appointed yeah. on September 10th. Yeah, he definitely was What? He, he was, was appointed like on December later. 7th, 2001. And it's verifiable. Which is a date that maybe, you know, an American running for office should remember. Yeah, yeah. it's verifiable by day. the press release from the White House announcing his appointment. Yeah, and he's been lying about the like, last five years now. Wow. You know, but just uh, about that exchange that they had, 
who won that exchange is really going to depend on how you feel about the issue of privacy and liberty. Yeah. If yeah. you are sort of the person that believes that, you know, I'm not doing anything wrong, so I don't have anything to worry about, and I'm okay with the government correcting all these records, you're mm. going to agree with Chris Christie. If you're mm. like me and you're like, no, Bill of Rights, like Fourth Amendment, it's really important, get a warrant, then you're going to agree with Rand Paul, then you're going to think he won that exchange. Real let me, quick, let me, guys, let me, um, I just want to make sure our callers know they can definitely call in to chime in. The number is 212 612-650-6903. Again, that is 212-650-6903. Siri just tried to talk, but Selena is next. Siri, try uh, to call in. I know, right? Um, no, I'll tell you why Chris Christie run that little exchange. No, Rand Paul. Because when he told Chris Christie... Look, you hugged President Obama. I made Boom! That, drop the mic. I made that picture you of my cover photo. You are the one who hugged him. <laughs> and, and I was just like, what? Uh, is that an argument? It was there. You know, it, Listen makes a really good point because I'm one of those people who has like bounced back and forth between like liberty and like protection. And I thought Rand really won that exchange because what he said was, I'm not saying we can't we cannot use right. surveillance against terrorists. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is it doesn't make sense to be like digging to the, the lives and the back pockets and the conversations of regular innocent Americans. And he drew a very clear line. And he said, Christy, you're very comfortable doing just that. And that's a problem. No, no, and, and that, that's absolutely right. And I, I wholeheartedly agree that Chris Christie is the one who hurt himself the most. I think that with Donald Trump coming out and being that candidate who's not politically correct, who's not a, a career politician, and who's going to say anything very candidly, very crudely, whatever it might be, um, I think that it sort of sucked up that space that Chris Christie was trying to do at one time. He was trying to be that very hard-nosed candidate who will say it like it is. Dude. And now I think that when Chris Christie talks, it's just like... He lost his appeal. He lost his appeal to the Republican Party, and he lost his appeal with Americans. But here's the thing about this this debate, which really amazed me. There were like some very like 2012 debate. Everyone had the same agenda. F Obama. He's a socialist. Right. Get rid of Obamacare. <laughs> Donald Trump said he was okay for single payer, and the crowd responded in not a negative way. Yo, Donald, I don't think they get it, honestly. <laughs> but, you know, just also speaking, like, really, honestly, I think they like him so much that he could propose the most liberal policy ever, and they'd be like... Awesome. Awesome. Anyways, <laughs> but, you know, speaking of that, I really think that initial question, the first question that was asked about whether or not you would pledge to support the Republican candidate or oh, whether you might run as an independent. Yeah. I think that's really going to come back and hurt Donald Trump. People may have liked what he had to say, but the people who really who really understand politics and they understand the game and they know that if the if Donald Trump runs as an independent, he's going to split the Republican yeah. vote. They they're going to look at that and say, "Okay, I'm out. I'm not going for, you know, Trump." Or they're going to say, "Well, we better get Trump elected." One or two things. We're either we better get him elected as the Republican candidate because because, uh, you know, if we don't, he's going to run as independent or I'm not going to vote for him because I don't trust him. What he did. Well, so, I mean, yeah, I guess what he did there was essentially stand on that stage and say, I'm, I will blackmail this party <laughs> if you don't elect me. Right. He said, if I'm running no matter what and he has the money to do so, he can run as a third party candidate. And he basically stood up there and said, you know, Make me your candidate or I will run and I will pull the votes. And I think that just speaks so much to his character. Like, he doesn't care about this country. He, I mean, who knows how much they all care or how much they just want to be in power. But he has the, you know, everyone loves how candid he is and how he speaks his mind. What he did was he stood up in front of everyone and said, all I want is to be president and to have this power. So if you don't vote for me... I will do everything I can to disrail this party and, oh, yeah. or derail this party and make sure that no, none of you get elected. Yeah, in he, honor... He, oh, sorry, Shlyn, go ahead. 
he's all about himself. In honor of the way that um, they dealt with this at the debate, I would like to ask you guys, when we have 30 seconds before a break, which, how you felt when they asked a question about Black Lives Matter then didn't ask Ben Carson. And with that, guys, we'll be right back after this <laughs> brief message. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, The Voice of Harlow. And Ugh. we are back. <laughs> Just shaking my head. That I Rosie would, O'Donnell thing, I think, is so disgusting. Yes. What so he disgusting. said afterwards was even worse. He said something about like her period, or like oh, oh you yeah, were she was hormonal. And apparently about Megyn Kelly. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, Selena, I know you want to bring us back, so I, I won't distract. Oh this. no, go, go ahead. Uh, finish. Please, apparently, please. Um, that was the last straw for um, Fox. They kicked him out of like some red, the red state. Well, er Eric Dickerson, yeah, Eric Dickerson um, told him that he is no longer invited to speak at the convention that just happened over the weekend. So the majority of the Republican candidates were there, but they uh, specifically told Trump, do not come because of what you said to Megyn Kelly. Which is wow. ridiculous because anyone who has ever heard of Eric Dickerson or been on his on his Twitter timeline or heard his show knows that he has said worse about women than that. He is an extreme sexist uh, yeah. and a misogynist. But, and of all the things Donald Trump and other people have said, this is the line. I know, but the thing is, Eric Dickerson has said, you know, I'm not the one running for president, and I actually True. apologize for some of that stuff. I don't necessarily agree. I think a misogynist is a misogynist, and we should call a spade a spade. But the one thing that I will not, the one thing that I appreciate about appreciate about Donald Trump is the fact that he is non-apologetic, and he is very transparent, and he is very blatant. He's like, look, if you elect me for president, this is what you're going to get: a narcissistic, arrogant son of a gun sexist all right and i'm gonna say whatever i want and i'm not gonna be able to cooperate with other people and it's like thank you donald for not playing politics and being a politician and just showing us this is who you are i'm not thanking him (laughs) i i have i mean yeah i guess that's good that you know but it's not good because everyone like loves it and just like oh it's like humanity is just like devolving into i hope so i want to donate to his campaign I, I want to keep just going. to keep him going, just, right? Yeah. I, he hilarious. Was, you know, the one thing he did say up there that you know I, I won't thank him, but I will give him credit for. He said something about how like I bought you, oh yes, Paul, and yes. like I bought Hillary Clinton. Yes. And the point yes. that he was making was more salient because there was no mention of Citizens United. There actually there was three topics that were not mentioned at all: climate change, mm-hmm. income inequality, <laughs> and wage. You know, wages being stagnant. What's that? Uh, yeah, exactly. The three things that the, the Republican Party doesn't believe in, and money and politics. Although Trump sort of mentioned money and politics when he said, mm-hmm. I bought you Rand Paul. Hillary Clinton came to my wedding because I bought her. I buy politicians. I mean, like... And then they asked him for money. Why, why yeah. is Trump not running as a liberal? <laughs> like, <laughs> why is he not running on the Democratic well, ticket? Not, no. Because, oh, right, because Fox News drafted him eight years ago to talk about the black guy's birth certificate. Yeah, mm, He is the... The, the, um, I don't know, you want to say that the poster boy for the birther movement. But Alyssa is absolutely right. Not only did he admit to buying politicians, which is a critical issue we have in our country, but he also admitted to skewing bankruptcy laws. And you taking oh, advantage, like, and, and well, and taking <laughs> advantage of it. He said, yeah, I did that. And then he also admitted, so buying politicians, of course, like we said, and he also admitted to being a sexist. And it was like, yeah. And then he got applauded. <laughs> yes. He got applauded. And that's what really 
worries me, right, is like, yeah, he exposed himself for being all these things. And we can speak, you know, we can look at him critically and say, well, he's coming out as like this huge jerk that's just admitting to all these like horrible things. But people were eating it up and they continue to. And it just worries me. Like, are these people that are like loving his brashness going to head out to the polls? And are they going to be out there on primary day? Mm. We'll see. Well, we'll see. And Stanley, before we went to... Oh, yeah, because then we'll definitely uh, Democrats will definitely just sweep right into the White House. Um, Before we went to break, Stanley asked a really important question that Fox News spent, I think, 30 seconds on. Um, Black Lives Matter. This is the most prominent civil rights issue of our time. And they they asked, I think, one candidate on stage. And there was one black candidate, Ben Carson, the doctor, the neurosurgeon. He's black. Well, on the outside, he's black, but I he, he's black on the outside, and he wasn't Ooh. asked that question. I think that I wasn't so disheartened or upset that they didn't ask Ben Carson. I was just so upset that they didn't spend more time on this pressing issue. And I thought that it was almost like a slap in the face to ask it right before you went to break to ask one candidate who had like a, a really rehearsed, well said answer, and then was just like. Ah, look, at least we covered that one, blackies, yeah. and they well, move right on. They treated it the, the, the exact same way they see black people in black lives, like as an afterthought. Would like they're like, hey, um, blackity black black, um, here's BET. Okay, bye. What did? Yeah. But I mean, here's the thing, right? As I mentioned before, they didn't talk about climate change, which mm. is probably, I mean, not. It's the probably the biggest issue of our time. That's not a civil rights issue, although it is sort of has civil rights aspects in it. Oh, climate, We've talked about environmental yeah. racism before climate in a previous racist. show. Um, you know, but like they didn't talk about. Like, as I said, climate change, wage stagnation, or income inequality. So what makes you think they would have given any time to Black Lives Matter? I, I don't know. You know the fact I, know. I, I actually find the fact that they asked one question about it when they didn't mention any of these three topics to be, you know, positive, at least in some respects, that it was on the agenda to ask about that, yet not one question was asked about climate change. Well, yeah, and then they spent more time talking about this war on political you know, oh. of political correctness oh, yes. and how oh, definitely. they're all over, which I mean, how pathetic do you have to be to say, oh, it's just so hard for me to be politically correct. I just don't, you know, it's to, to not offend people as a rich white man in this country is so hard. Oh. I just want to say what I want to say. And, you know, I think a lot of people responded to that and that got a lot of, of media attention where a lot of people feel maybe like they can't speak about, you know, they can't speak their thoughts without being labeled a racist or a sexist or homophobic. Um, and that is something that needs to be addressed. But the fact that, you know, they think that there is this war on political correctness, that's not the way. Um, no, Fox has definitely waged that war yeah. against political correctness. They are constantly saying and creating this illusion that the Obama administration does not allow people to just say it like it is. He won't say terrorism in a speech. He won't say jihad. He won't say ISIS. He has to be so political correct and the thing is that i what i found hypocritical is that fox for years now has continued to bash the obama administration for being politically correct yet and still they the question that they challenged donald trump on was oh why aren't you you know more politically correct and donald trump was like look i took a page out of you guys book we need to stop being so politically correct and someone needs to tell it like it is and i'm that person well yeah so i mean what needs to be understood is political correctness isn't just about semantics right it's not just about the words that you use and oh you have to use this word not that one it's about the meaning behind those words right 
right? So yeah. when Donald Trump is calling Rosie O'Donnell and other women fat slobs and all the other <laughs> disgusting things, it's not just about his choice of Thank words, right? It's about the meaning and what he means behind it, that, which is disgusting. Hey, but broad. it's also about the Republican Party in general, right? Like, the, he's saying those things, but yeah. it's not as if the Republican Party doesn't actually, like, believe those right. things. Like, right. they are a party that is extremely, like, their platforms are those things. He's just actually coming out and saying them, with I don't think necessarily helps them. Yeah, it riles up the base, right. but as I already pointed out, they're already going to have the base. It doesn't, like, the base is going to come out and vote for you, and it's a presidential election. It's not a midterm, so it's not like you need to rile up the base to come out. Like, the base they're is there. coming out, so if you're going to piss off all the people in the middle that are going to be like, hey, either I'm not coming out or I'm going to come out and vote for the Democrats yeah, guy, instead, yeah. then, you know, but it, that's the thing. Everybody wants to say, oh, well, it's a problem with their what they say and their political... No, it's a problem with the party's platform. Yeah. That's the problem. They are their just... ideals. Uh, yeah, they are just saying the things. You can say all you want. Like, Trump's just saying those things. No. The Republican Party platform is anti-woman and misogynistic. So he's just saying the things well, that are already in the platform. As someone who has friends from all parts of the world, well, of the, the land, um... <laughs> I know a lot of people who I thought were like pretty smart, critical thinking human beings who totally love Donald Trump and they cannot understand this whole quote unquote political correctness. And me personally, I hate political correctness. I, I dislike it. I don't think that's true. Let me, so let me explain. Yeah, I, I know you don't agree. I don't want anyone to be polit- politically correct. I want you to be respectful and acknowledge people and acknowledge differences and experiences. Someone who's politically politically correct could not give a crap about the people that they're trying to be politically correct for. So you don't say girls, you say women. But meanwhile, you're you're, you're abusing people and condoning rape. Who cares about political correctness? I don't think that's true. I totally disagree. I think some people might be hypocritical and they might use politically correct terms, but you know maybe don't act like that just because you use like it's just because you're using those words doesn't mean that you're behaving in a way that says that you're anything else but no no i'm not saying that they but don't. i don't think that people that are politically correct are then going you know using that as their shield to do whatever no, they want that's not what, I'm people saying. Like crap. what i'm saying that just because like being pol- politically correct isn't the end all be all i'd rather someone show me their actions not in their statements and just because someone like is saying all the right things doesn't actually mean they believe that that's not to say everyone who's sure. politically correct well, is doing that but like that's like when you say oh well why can't they be more politically correct for what i know exactly what they're gonna do i know like i'm glad that donald trump is telling me the truth right but, and i, I but but I, and I actually agree that being non-politically correct can connect more to Americans because think about it. How many I don't you don't you know the type of person that I'm thinking of, but how many people would be like, you know what? Rosie O'Donnell is fat and I wouldn't want to lose my job if I said it because I do say it. You know what I'm saying? I think that there are a lot of people that think in these very negative discriminatory ways and they wouldn't want to they wouldn't want to lose their job. But they're or, not or running for office. Right. They're like, not running it's, for it's not the presidential. I get it. It's not presidential to act and say these things, but it does connect to a and, certain group and of you know people. What? It doesn't like it still doesn't change the fact of the platform. It's like Obama said on when he went on Mark Marin's podcast, right? Mm-hmm. He said just because it's not polite to say the N word anymore and he actually said it, which I will not. But he said, I hope not, Alyssa. Just because it's not polite to say the N-word doesn't mean, like, racism has gone away, right? Just because you're just not going to say, like, be politically correct doesn't mean the platform is getting any better because you're putting it out there in that way, you know? Like, okay, fine. It's not not nice to say the N-word in public, but we still have huge amounts of institutionalized racism, and it's not just about not saying the N-word. So it's not just about being politically correct or not. It's about what the platform is. Right, well... 
Well, it comes down to the old, you know, the old saying, actions speak louder than words. And yes. I think that's absolutely true. But at the very least, if you can use your words in a way that are kind to one another and that yeah. don't offend and that you're not using language that for someone could be very triggering or really, you know, right. like, why would you purposely you know, speak in a way that's going to offend someone else. If you know better, if you know that I can address someone in a way that's not going to hurt their feelings and offend them, that's like basic humanity. Like, just be nice. You know, don't, if someone says, refer to me as this name, this is my name, this is my gender, this is, you know, what I prefer to be referred to as, why would you just defy that? You know, and it comes down to something much deeper. So I think at the very least, especially for someone running for higher office or the highest office in this country, the very least, you need to be politically correct. If you are running for president of the United States, you need to address every person in this country with respect. Now, I want to know who you are. Um, I, I don't care. I don't care. You can call me the N-word. That's how you feel about me? That's fine. I know that when I see you, it's time to go to blows. Don't lie to me and smile on my face and then pass legislation that's going to set people of color back or women back or people right. from the LGBT community back. No. Let me know who you are. Right. Jo- George Bush was like, hey, I just love Jesus and I want to help everyone. And then he underfunded FEMA. And then he, he banned yeah. stem cell research. And then he pushed to the, the, the fun Planned Parenthood and did a whole bunch of other crappy things. I don't even care about that crap anymore. Just like show me who you are and I'll show you what I'll do. And, guys, if you want to call in, obviously, the number is 212-650-6903. And that's not to say that you shouldn't be polit- politically correct or respectful of people. But when it, the stakes are this high, when we're talking about people who are going to lead this country, I'd rather know what I'm dealing with. I don't want to see the spokesperson. This can't be a relationship where you think, oh, this person isn't that bad. And then six months down the road, they're stealing your money and, and punching you in the face when you're sleeping. Right. Well, on that note, I know we're getting some comments on Politically Preposterous, the Facebook page. And we're going to start reading those comments. Alyssa's been checking them. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely getting a bunch of comments. Um, we have one from Kat Morrissey. She says, listening to Scott Walker talk about being pro-life by forcing women to die has made me feel sick. Yeah. Mary says, it's a good day to be a... Mary Owens says, it's a good day to be a Democrat. Buck Hutton says, Huckabee believes in DNA testing but not evolution or climate change. That's interesting. Um, we have Joyce Reed who says, hilarious, but sad that this is the best the GOP can come up with. They used to be a respectable party. Uh, Celso says, repeal or replace Obamacare is a suffix to the suffix to the Republicans in this debate. Matter of fact, I think it was the last election season, too. Keep trying, guys. Um, <laughs> a lot of people are saying this isn't a debate. It's a sideshow. Um, somebody else wrote, I w- Sin Shepard writes, I would likely choose being waterboarded over this. <laughs> uh, Arresta Silva says, is this a debate or a question and answer period? Mike Sweat says, Fox News Circus, hope Trump runs as an, Trump runs as an independent and seriously disrupts any chance any of these clowns might have. Go ahead. Hillary, go Bernie. Kwana says it's a free for all. It's proving that it's a party that can't be taken seriously and certainly can't be trusted to hold the reins of power. And I'll end on this one. Misty Watson says this is the longest Hillary Clinton commercial I've seen. How many times have they said her name? <laughs> that is hilarious. And I think that Hillary Clinton was just looking back, watching the debates like, thank you, God. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're all laughing at this. But a lot of people really support these ideals. Yeah. Like a lot of people. Yeah. And. And it also, what they've done is, like, they've, they've, they've co-opted the re- religious circle. So people who are, like, good, God-fearing people who, like, you know, who want to live a life a certain way but not impede on anyone else, they've co-opted that entire group and are, like, trying to take advantage of them. And the best example of that is a question I asked at the beginning of the show and was the last question they asked at the debate, which was, 
How often does God speak to you? How manipulative <laughs> is that? Do you know, do you know how many people who are like Christian or Muslim or they, they practice Judaism who are like the religion is so important to them? And these people who are obviously like answering to take advantage of that are given these big lies to get the support only to push legislation that will hurt them. That's a big crock of you know what. Right. Idiots, idiots pandering to fools. Right. And the thing is, um, and a lot of people were tweeting this during while they were giving the answers. They were saying like, you know, I'm such a good person and, and God is pushing me to do this. Yeah. And still within their own states, especially the, the senators and the governors, they've pushed so many policies and so many bills and they've passed it that hurt of the majority of a certain type of people, whether they be working class or just people of color. So it's like, if you're supposed to be this good, righteous person, why are you deliberately hurting these type of people? Scott Walker claims to love God and God speaks to him every day. Meanwhile, he has destroyed Wisconsin and he has decimated the education system over there. He's like put so many people out of work, destroyed unions, and is going at the women's reproductive rights like it's a game of a ping pong like this is ridiculous and this part god speaks to them god is not a jerk yeah. <laughs> i mean even even the question about the bankruptcies with trump it wasn't really about the bankruptcies it was the fact that, that like oh, thousands of people got laid off when he yeah. filed bankruptcy so you claim to care about jobs and care about oh, yeah. creation of jobs yet you engage in practices that actually makes people lose their job i mean so th- those are like the bigger pictures but here's a good he, actually i thought that was a good answer and here's why because if you're talking about a country like that's in like you have a bad academy and you have to find a way to kind of get through that he went through bankruptcy four times and like he came out the winner if I'm talking to Republicans and I'm saying I'm going to get us out of, out of like the like out of like the red, and these Republicans already don't care about poor people, gay people, black people, women already anyway. Who cares about the collateral damage as, as long as it's not them? It's a good answer, and also it brings to light a good point about bankruptcy laws and how big businesses take advantage of them. Because that's one thing that I flagged in my mind when I heard it. Right. Okay. So 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 wrapping it up now, um, we talked about a lot of the highs and the lows of the debate. Um, read some comments. I want to know what do you guys think? And this is the final question. So get all your final thoughts out. Mm-hmm. Um, how does this debate affect the candidates moving forward three months from now, three weeks from now? And either, in, even in, in 2016, was there something that was said that really either moved the election one way or another? How do you guys feel about that? I, I guess we're starting with Jackie. Yeah, I mean, I think that the, the Trump stuff was really interesting in one way or another. Um, I think that his comments about not supporting the party and doing everything he can to either get himself elected or pull votes from their party. I think that's what the biggest takeaway from this debate, uh, quote unquote debate. It wasn't really debate. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that it exposed a lot. I think, you know, I've said before about Trump that his purpose in this election is to be so insane and so crazy that all these other candidates that originally like Chris Christie, who used to kind of be that figure in politics, he was like this like brash, polarizing figure. He looks like, you know, almost like a sweetheart compared to Trump, who is like, you know, so unbelievably insane. So I think that he's a distraction. But I think that now he, you know, by making that comment, I will blackmail this party basically (laughs) by pulling votes away. So you better make me your candidate. Um, That's where the power, I guess, if he has any really is. He's not just a distraction, but he could pull these votes. Yeah. No, I mean, I just I think uh, I, I agree with all of that. I think that at the end of the day, 
I kind of want to reserve judgment until I see the next round of polling come out because I really like to see whether this uh, polls um, remain like they are where Trump's still in the lead, in which case you could say, well, the debate only helped him or whether you start to see his poll numbers go down and you could say, okay, he really hurt himself um, by doing that blackmail thing that Jackie just mentioned. But I mean, my final comment is this. When I watch the debate, uh, it made me think of this passage from the book Macbeth, which is by Shakespeare. Where Shake Macbeth says, life's but a walking shadow, a poor player that struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. It is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury <laughs> signifying nothing. Mm. Wow. And I'm um, Stanley. Oh, you're going to go next, Lena. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so- so, I, it, oh yeah. No, this is your. This so- is my segment. Sorry, Celiante. <laughs> sorry, Celiante. So. So. My thoughts on this is that I was very impressed with John Kasich or Kasich, whatever you call him. I wouldn't yeah, vote for him. But he was the person who I thought was the most reasonable and who has done kind of a decent job in Ohio. And he's probably going to get no traction, which tells me a couple of things. One, the Republican Party is really, really scary. And two, the fact that this guy who doesn't have the best record as far as like governing in, in Ohio is like the most reasonable candidate tells me we are in a scary place, not just with our elected officials, but the way, but with the way that people think about things. And my takeaway from this is that, like, we've got a lot of work to do, not just in policy, but in, in ideology and thought process in this country. Right, you know, and, and I totally agree, and I echo what Stanley said, and I also think that it says a lot about the constituents that they're pandering to. Um, and and for, for the most part, I think that it shines a light that we need to see, especially with the people who are within progressive circles, and, you know, we, we sort of mingle with ourselves, and we, we talk about these things from the same type of viewpoint. But then again, there's this whole big country out there that thinks and and feels and agrees with the insanity and the, the the radical things that these candidates were saying. And I think that as much progression as we always talk about and, and, and we celebrate, we need to really take a hard look and say, you know what, this is still the country. This is still what a lot of people think, whether it's sexism or just being very dismissive towards racism. I mean, the things that we care about, you know, liberals, progressives, things that, you know, we're constantly talking about and constantly reading about is something that is you know an afterthought or is discussed in a very discriminatory way with a large part of the country and again i think that this gop debate um really just shine that light and let us see who these candidates are and who their constituents are and it's a reflection of our country in whole um, but on that note we are going to take a quick break but when we come back we're going to go straight into the news roundup one of our favorite parts of the show so don't go anywhere this is let your voice be heard I say I'm too late. 